hello there! Welcome back to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too, a podcast. I didn't see you sitting there. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> I liked how p- high-pitched you were, too. <laughs> oh, That's oh. my customer service voice. <laughs> I am Samantha Hughes, and with me is my lovely, lovely co-host, Indy Randawa. Top of the morning to you, Samantha. Oh, are you going to talk like this the whole episode? In a terrible Irish accent, just like they do in this movie? Yes. Maybe. Oh, I already stopped. Never mind. No. <laughs> in that case, no. The answer is no. Uh, so Indy was talking in an Irish accent because today we're talking about the 2010 film Leap Year. I'm not quite sure how to, how to uh, approach this movie. I think actually first, if I may... Samantha, you had watched this in 2010, and you brought it to me thinking it's pretty good and there's a good chance I would love it. I'll tell you all my opinions soon enough, but how did it hold up for you? You hadn't seen it in 10 years. Do you still love it? No. No? Not no. even? Just, you just kind of like it. And it's like a solid 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10. Yeah. Didn't you say like Raging Bull was a 6 out of 10? I don't think so. What's that? 7? Maybe, yeah. I disagree. <laughs> Do you think it's lower? This movie? Higher. You think it's higher? I think... You think it's like a 10 out of 10. Yeah. You heard it here. Indy thinks it's a 10 out of 10. Oh, you pulled an Indy there. That's yep. pretty good. I like that. <laughs> That's what happens when you live with somebody for four years. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this movie is, is very bad. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to put it. Um, I guess I'll, I'll spend the next hour or so explaining myself but it's 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 very bad (laughs) it's a very bad movie and the people who made it should feel bad for making it (laughs) i think though i'm gonna try to be just like happy and fun and not complain this whole episode okay if i get like a good two minutes to complain about it maybe at the end okay sounds good well i have some questions for you i guess First of all. Oh, no. So what kind of a movie is this? A romantic one. Like a romantic comedy? Yeah. So a romantic comedy should have romance and comedy. Yes. What's the comedy in this movie? Well, she's like awkward and clumsy. The clumsy girl. No, falling down does not equate to comedy. (laughs) Although I think they're making falling down a personality trait in this movie. Yes, they are. Which I... (laughs) fearfully predicted in the last one and we've talked about on this podcast before that um, women just get falling down as a personality trait Mm -hmm. because I assume this had male writers and they're like I don't know how do you make women approachable I don't know just we can fall down a lot that's my producer and writer the producer comes in and is like well we need this and the writer who's probably just like bang and rails a coke and say yeah 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 i'll just make a fall down people will love it then she's approachable women want to be her <laughs> um this was written by a man and a woman they should both be ashamed of themselves yeah i think so i agree with you do you have any more questions because <laughs> of the comedy in this one i don't feel is earned in any way it's my same complaint with family guy I know the style of this movie and Family Guy are very different. (laughs) I think how they go about writing jokes is very similar. They don't come from any of the situations or characters. They put them in situations because they think they can get a joke out of it. Mm -hmm. Like that same producer will be like, 
well, I want her to fall down in the mud because that's really funny. And then the writer says, yeah, yeah, so um, we got some mud. She falls down in because she's uh, going up this mountain. Why is she in the mountain? I don't know. She has three hours, but it takes 15 minutes. And yeah, she, the train comes for no reason at all. We don't need to talk about that. We said three hours very specifically three times. Comes in 10 minutes. Don't worry about it. She falls in mud, so we're happy. <laughs> it's just a lot of that. Like, why was that whole mud thing... The joke about her falling in mud is the reason they go up the mountain, not vice versa. Right. Like, jokes just come out of nowhere, and they don't have anything to do with anything. It could just be like, and then she's walking down the street, and someone throws a pie at her face. Why? Yeah, because he's a clown. And there's no, like, reason for any of this. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So then what's the romance in it? I think it's that classic... They shouldn't end up liking each other, but they do, and then they realize it's true love. When did they like each other? Like, what do they do to make the other person like them? Nothing. All right. (laughs) No, they have a nice moment at the castle before she falls in the mud. He tells her a story, and it's kind of romantic, and then she goes, you're hitting on me, and gets mad at him. Yeah. Is that the nice moment? I guess. Where they argue on top of a hill? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> then I should be marrying a lot of people because oh, no. I am arguing on mountains with people all the day long. No, you're only marrying me. <laughs> but we never even argued on a mountain. We can still rectify that. Okay, I'll put it on the list. <laughs> I'll put it on the wedding planning list. Argue on mountain. <laughs> so maybe let's go over the plot of this movie. First, who are the main characters? Uh, there is Anna and Declan. Played... I did not know that was her name. <laughs> <laughs> played by Amy Adams and Matthew Good. So tell me about Anna. Uh, she seems very type A, very assured of what she wants, and she seems very much like she wants to do whatever she needs to to get things off her checklist. She's uh, in control, would you say? Yes. And also, she would say, because she says, I'm in control four times in the first five minutes of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So we know, like, oh, yeah, she's the one that's in control. That's her personality. Yeah. Maybe instead of complaining, I should suggest ways this movie could be better. Sure. What about if instead of being in control all the time, she's really superstitious? That can be her thing. Because then it makes actual sense of why she believes this superstition. Yeah. And she needs something that's kind of dictating how she lives her life, and she has to be able to break free from that. We think she's very in control, and I don't know why that's a bad thing, because she seems like she's getting all the things she wants and is very happy. Mm -hmm. But if she's superstitious about everything, then she's kind of held captive to that, and then it drives her to actually go do this proposal thing. And might be more fully developed than this in-control thing, which comes and goes. It's really present in the first 10 minutes because they tell us a lot. Yeah. And then it goes away for a long time, and then it kind of comes back at the end. Yeah, it's it's a little strange because, like you said, it doesn't make her a more complex character. It just makes her kind of bossy and mean. Yeah, she's not nice, and I wouldn't like her. I don't see why anyone fall in love with her. (laughs) Um, yeah, I agree with you. So then who's Declan? 
Declan is an Irish guy who is just minding his own business and trying to be nice to somebody. <laughs> is he trying to be nice to somebody? Well, he said he'll drive you. Oh, but he was doing it for money. Yeah, he turned her down several times first, and then like the bill collector came. And then he's like, okay, fine, now I will, and jacked up the price. And also, is actually a cab service. Yeah. But we'll get into that later. But what's his defining characteristic? Uh, That he's grumpy? Yeah, he's just kind of mean. Yeah. But they're both kind of mean. Kind of. So we have one character who's mostly kind of mean, but also is in control. And then one character who is mostly kind of mean and has stubble. (laughs) Yeah. So those are our two leads. You'd think you'd make them... Like, define characters or very opposites. If she's going to be the, like, super control one, he just needs to be a free spirit who, like, can't follow schedules and is just doing everything on his own time. That would make sense, kind of. (laughs) You'd at least get to typical romantic comedy by that point. But they're not even going for typical because they're not even trying that hard. (laughs) It's true. They're They're not trying anything, really, in this movie other than something that, like, everyone's already very comfortable with. And then we have a couple of side characters. There's John Lithgow, who's the dad who appears for, I don't know, 20 seconds. Kaylin Olsen is a best friend who's in it for a couple of minutes. And Adam Scott is the husband who is in the beginning and the end of this, but doesn't really have any defining characteristics either. No, other than he's a bad guy. Is he? Because he's busy. We'll get into that too, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, those are all of our characters. And it's kind of that typical plot we see where there's two people that hate each other, but then are forced together. And through all of the adventures they go through together, they fall in love. Mm -hmm. But in this one, they don't. They just argue. And then they put a shot with music that tells you that they're in love. And they look at each other. And you go like, oh, something happened there. (laughs) But we've seen this a lot. And it can be done well. Yeah. Like, I like his movies, and it's really effective when you have those parts where you get little glimpses of people's, like, disdain for each other breaking down. Like, they find something endearing in the other person, and you see a little crack in that kind of mean facade they put on. And you get to see the chemistry winning out over all these negative first impressions or misunderstandings that they may have had. But none of that happens here. (laughs) Um, Very true. This is, um, it's a frustrating movie to watch as, like, a fully formed adult. Because you can just see from your years of romantic comedy watching history, you can see, like, oh, just do this. That's so much easier. That would make it so much better. And they just don't choose to do anything. It's almost worse than some really bad movies. Like, um, we go to Bride Wars a lot because that was (laughs) terrible. But they tried in that. They made lots of wrong choices, but they tried. Yeah. They made choices. This is a movie free of anyone taking any sort of risk or making any sort of decision. Right. Yeah, I uh, I definitely think this is a very, um, like, middle of the road. What's less than the middle of the road? The dirt path in Ireland, because Ireland does not have any roads. No paved roads. No. Um, except for ones where people steal your stuff. I think that was gravel as well. Was it? Either way, there weren't any lanes or anything. Okay, so. yeah. Um, so it's very 
dirt road in Ireland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I think that they relied so heavily on the beauty and the scenery that um, that they just didn't try with the story. No, they kind of forgot to write a movie. Yeah, they were like, oh, let's film something in Ireland. Okay, we've got the visas and, you know, the contracts and everything. Let's go. Yeah, and then they forgot to write a script, so they did that on the plane ride over. Yeah, Yeah. really quickly. They had, like, seven gin and tonics and wrote a script (laughs) on the way from L.A. (laughs) One last question before we get into it. Who do you think this movie hates more, the Irish or women? Women. It's a tight race. It's a tight race. We'll sure. have to talk about it and then maybe I'll have an answer. It sounds good. It doesn't think much of either, though. So I forgot to ask you the question, and I'm assuming the uh, the answer is no, but I used to love this movie. Do you? Oh, God, no. <laughs> That's what I thought. Oh, Saints Preservers, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? Faith and Bagora, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> Do you just say two words together and then sound like an a, an old Irish lady? Oh, well, I learned from this movie, so that's all. Oh, okay, got it. So I uh, clearly can't do an Irish accent. I don't know all of my European accents very well. I can say with a good bit of confidence that there are very bad Irish accents <laughs> in this movie. Yes. Matt Good is not good. Oh, that was a little little pun. Matt Good is not good. He's not <laughs> You know what? I was like, who is this guy? Why do people like him? Why is he a lead in a romantic comedy? He's terrible. I don't find him attractive. I don't think he's even trying in this movie. He can't do a Irish accent. And then I looked on his IMDb and I was like, oh, it's that guy? He's great. He's a good actor. What is he in? Well, I remember really liking him in Stoker, which is an underrated... Um, there's this Korean director I really like, and that was his big American movie. Oh. as has a great sound design. If anyone wants to listen to a movie with brilliant sound, check out Stoker. Oh, okay. But he was also in uh, Watchmen. He was in Imitation Game. Like, he's been in good stuff, and he's been good in those things. I just didn't even know that this was the same guy because this guy seems so just forgettable and not like a leading man. And I did Flat. not find him attractive <laughs> at all. Oh. But then I've seen him in other things, and I was like, oh, no, that's a good-looking guy. So he's maybe a good-looking guy. I thought he was good-looking in this movie. In this, I did not see it. I was like... This guy just looks like someone begging your groceries. <laughs> he doesn't look memorable or attractive at all. But I think it just must have been the movie and the performance that stood out more than his actual appearance. Because, yeah, I've seen him in stuff. He's he's good. But, yeah, not in this. <laughs> um, he was in another movie that I liked when I was young called Chasing Liberty with Mandy Moore. Oh, see, I hate that because I actually am a very big Mandy Moore fan. I know fan. you are. Um, but I love Roman Holiday. I think it's one of the 10 best movies ever made. And I made a comment once of like, oh, if they made that movie now, here's what would happen. And then they made it and then that's it. And they ruined all the great things about Roman Holiday. And it's, it's I, I didn't care for that movie. So you're telling me we're not watching it. We can watch Roman Holiday. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my pick real quick. Oh, yeah. Roman Holiday's very good. If you want if you want an actual romantic comedy with charismatic leads, check out Roman Holiday. 
Let's do that one next. Yeah, let's forget this movie right now. Okay. Bye, everyone. We're going to watch Roman Holiday. Oh, remember how we haven't even started talking about this one yet? Yes. Yes, I do. And it's already a painful episode. (laughs) Okay, guys. We'll uh, get on track now. We'll be quick and to the point, and we'll talk about Leap Year. So it starts off. We know... Amy Adams is very in control because she says she's in charge. She says, I have everything under control. She says, I've had everything planned out and I have to check things off. You know, another way to make this movie better. What if she's a Patrick Bateman type? Because her character is very much like Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. They're both obsessed with control and how they are perceived and their standing in society. And he's a uh, psychopath. And I think she might be too. So maybe we just have her go further and start murdering people. I haven't seen American Psycho, so I don't know this reference, but... We'll get there. (laughs) I like the idea of her being, like, so tightly wound that one day she just, like, snaps and goes on a rampage. Well, she's willing to do anything to preserve this image that she's portrayed, whether it's killing people to get the apartment, killing to get ahead in the workplace, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. I think that'd be good. That's a better movie. That's scary. Um, so then her best friend, Caitlin Olson, says, you jerk, you're going to get a better engagement ring than me. And she's like, what? I saw your fiance and he just bought you an engagement ring. You're going to get proposed to. Um, so all sorts of trouble from this scene. <laughs> and advice that I could give uh, to our listening audience if you know somebody is going to be proposed to or you think they are, don't tell them that. No. <laughs> what would be the good part of it? None. You can either ruin the surprise or you get their hopes up for something that's not happening. Very true. Very true. It's a moment that should be like a surprise and special. Yeah. But then, of course, he doesn't propose. Instead, oh, this asshole, he just bought her a bunch of diamonds for earrings. <laughs> he just bought. What a dick. <laughs> He just bought her four carats worth of diamond earrings. Yeah, he did. And she's not happy about that no. and kind of shows it, too. Yeah. It's uh, like a classic romantic comedy bit of how earrings come in the same boxes as, like, rings. Right. So you're, like, assuming you're about to get proposed to, and then you open it up and it's earrings. Did that happen in Bride Wars? Uh, no. There was just best friends being angry at the other for being engaged Mm -hmm. okay yeah um but it's such a tired bit that like you kind of already knew it was coming and it was just like yes yeah it was it was old and we could have done something way better with it and another thing you shouldn't do if you think you're going to be proposed to don't go tell everyone you're engaged because (laughs) she tells a stranger at the bar first of all this stranger at a bar she sits down yeah and Without saying anything else, he asks her to marry him. Yeah, just like random dude. Yeah, because then we can make a joke about how this guy will marry me, but my boyfriend won't. Yeah. And then her dad comes, and it's John Lithgow, and she tells him he's she's getting engaged, or does she already not get engaged by this point? No, he overhears that random conversation with this drunk man. And he's like, you're engaged? Right, because she doesn't know the truth yet. So she believes she's getting engaged. And then John Lithgow says, hey, I want to tell you this story. You know that story I tell you every day? And she says, don't tell it. I know the story. And he goes, here's the story. 
And so she already knows it, and she already hates the story. But the story is that, oh, did you know on leap year, women are allowed to propose to men. And this is the premise of our movie. But for a movie called Leap Year, she already, at the beginning of this movie, says she doesn't believe this thing. Mm -hmm. And she's heard it many, many times. Yeah. But that changes real quick. Real quick, yeah. She's She's grown up with this story. She's heard it for 20 plus years and doesn't believe it. And so that's what this whole movie is predicated on. So she's going to propose on Leap Year. Doesn't happen. No. Can I just say that John Lithgow is so much better than this movie? That's what I want to say about Adam Scott, Caitlin Olsen, John Lithgow, these great comedic (laughs) actors that I was so excited to see. It's like, oh, at least we'll get a funny best friend. At least Adam Scott... He can either be really charming or he's great at playing that douchebag boyfriend from a lot of things. Dick, yeah. And so I thought we'd get to see that or John Lithgow being like a crazy dad who runs in and runs out. Yeah. No, none of that. No. They don't even get jokes. I really love him because he played Winston Churchill in The Crown, the movie about Queen Elizabeth. And he did such a convincing job that you, like, almost believe that in real life he was, like, on his deathbed. Yeah, he's a fantastic actor. He's, like, fantastic in comedy. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't appreciate, like, silly sitcoms like Third Rock from the Sun, he's very good in that, I think. Yeah. Everyone loves him in Twilight Zone movie. And then that terrible show, or at least I think terrible show, Dexter, he was probably (laughs) one of the best actors in it. He was pretty good, yeah. I did like him in Dexter, but um, he's done so many things and he's won so many awards that like, why did he say yes to this movie? Because it was one day of shooting. Mm -hmm. It's probably like where he lives already. He just has to come down for a day. Of course, I'll take that paycheck all day long. True. And he probably made in that day like what we both make in a year. Yeah. (laughs) Or more. Uh, Matthew Good said that he took this because he could go home on the weekends. To England? Because I guess he was living very close to where they were filming. Oh. So that was the reason he took it. He also said this was maybe the worst movie of 2010. Oh, dear. When your, like, leading man says that. Oh, he just admitted, like, oh, yeah, we phoned it in. The script was terrible, but I could go home on weekends, so it was nice. Oh. Yeah. That's that's sad. Yeah. And and that's kind of uh, the feel of all of this movie. Everyone's like, yeah, we're here. This is fine. So then we find out... Adam Scott is not proposing. He's just giving her... 20 grand worth of earrings. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, like 100 grand worth of So that's of how earrings. we know yeah. he's a jerk. What a jerk. And through the first meeting of him, he's great for her. For her. Oh, yeah. No, he's like supportive. He's, he's nice. He's busy because he's a cardiologist. But he like takes the time to like ask her about her day. And he takes the time to say, to compliment the things that she does for him. Mm Because she says, because she's in control, she keeps telling us. So she tells like all the stuff that she has scheduled. And he says, you know what? I love that you're taking the time to do that for me. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then when he has to leave the dinner, we think, oh, he's a dick. He's leaving dinner. It's because he has to go do surgery, like emergency surgery. Yeah. And in doing so, he says, like, oh, is this okay? And she goes, yeah, yeah, go, go. And he apologizes and then goes to save someone's life. Yeah. So this is the asshole. Yeah. What a jerk. Um, I can't believe he gave her four carats worth of diamonds and, 
left to go save someone's life. Yeah, so... He kind of sounds like a dream man. Like, he's, like, for romantic comedy standards, Adam Scott in Leap Year is, like, top of the heap. And for her specifically, because... At the beginning, they're trying to get this apartment together. Mm -hmm. And she says, this has been my dream my whole life. And I've met someone who has the same dreams as me. However, she never says anything like that when it comes to the proposal. She never says like, oh, this is my dream. She just says like, it's been four years. We should. Yeah. So she has no romantic real feelings for him. She's not like, oh, I love him, but he keeps dragging his feet on this. She's like, timeline, timeline. She just thinks like, yeah, we should. Yeah. And in the end, we'll get to it when we get there. But he said like, yeah, I figured we should. And that's the bad thing yeah. about him. He when it's exactly finally has the says. same motives for getting engaged and she hates it. Yeah. He then goes to Ireland for some sort of conference or something. And her plan is going to be to go over there and surprise him because on leap year and only on leap year, ladies Ladies are allowed to propose to men. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I feel like this was an outdated concept even in 2010. Oh, definitely. I think this has been an outdated concept for like 50 years. Did you know that on leap year, women can propose to men? I wasn't sure because if you knew, because the movie told me those exact lines six times in the first 15 <laughs> minutes. So I want to make sure you hear it. Did you get it? Well, John Lithgow tells her that. And she goes, I know I've been hearing the story for 20 years. But then when she doesn't get proposed to, she's like, aha, now I'm going to do it. And then she goes back and has a flashback about the scene that happened about two minutes earlier. Yeah. Twice in one scene of hers, we get to hear the voiceover of John Lithgow twice. Yeah. Telling you the rules. On leap year, women can propose to men. And then she reads out loud, on leap year, a tradition says women can propose to men. Is this Wait, real? Is this on a real leap thing? year, women can propose to men? On leap year, they can. Uh, the women can propose to men. On, during leap year? Only on leap year. Oh. Is this a real thing? I don't know. I assume it's not because everything else they have about Ireland is very <laughs> wrong. So I'm going to just say it's not a thing. Okay. Yeah. Um... I hear on leap year, women can propose to men. And this, if I were to take the time, this would be where I'd edit in like a ghostly voice of me from two minutes earlier (laughs) saying this. You should just do that throughout the entire podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Like six times. (laughs) What I want to do is play Matt Good music, the, the singer, because whenever I say this actor's name, I always just think of that. She gets on a flight to Ireland and then it's diverted to Wales, which doesn't make sense because they would have been coming from the other side, I think, right? Is that correct geography? They would have had to have flown over Ireland to get to Wales, but let's not even worry about that because the geography stuff gets much worse as we go. She lands in Wales, is a jerk to everyone at the airport, just walks to the front of the line when there's 20 people in line already. 
Yeah, she's like, I'm more important than you. Bye. I'm wearing clicky heels at the airport, so don't worry about it. To be fair, I do let anyone wearing clicky heels go in front of me for anything. Well, they might stomp on you. Exactly. That's just self-preservation. And she can't get a plane out of Wales, so instead she gets a boat, and it's like... A scene from A Perfect Storm because she's riding on these like 90 foot waves. And I don't know if that was exaggerated for comedic effect. Do you think that was a joke? Like, look how crazy this is. And that's funny? Um, I think so. We've been on a boat in that water. So it's... In that kind of water? In like crazy, churny, stormy water. We've never been in anything close to that. Not on the ferry? No, those were like three foot waves. This was the boat being tossed about on giant waves. The waves are bigger than the boat. Oh, okay. Never mind. (laughs) We've not been on anything close to that. Um, I think it was for like to make you feel bad for her. I guess, yeah. And like see how hard she's struggling for this goal that she's had for like 35 seconds. Right. So she's getting on a boat from Cardiff to Cork, but they're like, oh, we can't make it to Cork. So we end up in Dingle. Dingle. You have to go past Cork and keep going for several hours to get to Dingle from Cardiff. So again, just like, don't make it that city then. If you're going to lie about it. You need to like map out the course. (laughs) You Again, they keep going right by the thing they're getting to. Yeah. And then she keeps saying like, I want to drive... And make it to Dublin f- before the evening shops close. But it's like a two and a half day drive from Dingle to Dublin. But it's not. What do you mean? In like real life, it's a two hour drive. No, it's like two days. Dingle to Dublin? Let's yes, do it right I now. Yes, I looked it up. Oh, I guess I was thinking Tipperary where she goes to. But I think it's not a two day drive. Oh, no, never mind. So how long is it? Four hours. So not a two-day drive that no, it takes No, you're them. right. In fact, they go from Dingle, their car breaks down, and they walk to Tipperary, which is half the way. Yeah. So they walk a two-hour drive in 20 minutes. Yeah. But then the next leg of this, another two-hour drive, takes, a full takes them day three days? Two yeah. days? Something like that. But we're not here to complain about geography. There's better things to complain about in this movie. Very true. Okay. So she gets off the boat. She's all sandy and soggy. And she meets this handsome bartender. Debatable. (laughs) I think he's handsome. I think he can be handsome. He's handsome and stoker. Okay. Uh, Sometimes handsome bartender. He's a dick. Everyone in there is real creepy. Mm-hmm. Oh, a- another way to make this movie better. Maybe right then we switch to a Wicker Man sort of scenario. All these scary townsfolk ha- are part of some secret cult and <gasps> they're going to sacrifice the outsider. Sacrifice a redhead? Because they all are very mean to her for yeah. no reason yeah. at all. He says, oh, you need a cab? Here's a number. Call it. And then it's just him. And he's like, no, I'm not taking you anywhere. Fuck you. (laughs) And this is our romantic lead. Yeah. yeah. This is how we're introduced to him. She then also decides to stay there for the night because there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. And he walks in on her changing. and Twice. Yeah, he does it. She says, leave. He refuses, continues to talk to her and look at her and then leaves And then comes right back in and proceeds to watch her change and try to catch her naked. Yep. And that's a romantic lead. That's romantic. So romantic. 
But then she's like, oh, but he's hiding something because I saw a photo of a woman. So he's mysterious now. He has a different accent. So I'm on board. (laughs) She's into it, which she shouldn't be because that is terrible. This is not a good movie. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm downgrading to a four. <laughs> oh, we're at four? I'm going to see if I can get you to two by the end of this. <laughs> well, I've already dropped, like, what, three points? Yep. Let's keep going. Okay, perfect. Keep going. Uh, we find out that he is going to be out of business soon because he's terrible at his job. Mm-hmm. He doesn't serve food even though he's a chef. Yeah, like an actual chef. Yeah. Or he at least says that. Yeah. He- and instead is willing to make her a ham sandwich. What does he call it? Hang. A hang sandwich. Yeah. I think that's just a uh, bad Irish accent. Oh, so he's just not speaking the language properly. Yes. Yeah, it's not like or a colloquial accent. term. I believe it's an accent thing. Oh, yeah. See, that makes it much less charming. Yeah. Yeah, he's just doing a bad Irish accent. There's lots of Irish people you could get in this movie. Yeah. Or people who can do an Irish accent. But I say just, like, get somebody from that country. There's lots of them out there. Exactly. Or set it in a country where the actor that you're, like, set on playing Declan is from. Do it in, like, small town England. Sure. Yeah, because Matthew Good's English. He's English, yeah. All I knew is that he's not Irish. Do it in Wales. I've seen him play an American. He does an American accent. Fine. Do it in small town USA. (laughs) Where she has to save her family's cookie factory and leaves her high-powered attorney job. Oh, wait, that's just a Hallmark movie. I was going to say. <laughs> so he agrees that he'll drive her because he's going out of business and says, like, yeah, this will be um 600 euros, which is a lot. That is a lot. They get up in the morning and they start their trek. They argue all the time for no reason. And then the producer was like, wouldn't it be funny if, I don't know, um, their car goes into a lake? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got the idea. How about um, they argue about music, they both jump out of the car for some reason, and then instantly there's cows, which weren't there in the shop no, before. No, they were not. And then she pushes the car into a lake accidentally. None of that makes sense. No. If you wanted the car to go in a lake, you could do it in a sensical way. But this is the way they go about it. Um, she doesn't like the music, so they get out of the car, and she says, you're a cynic. You don't know love. Why? Why would you assume that? Yeah. This does a lot of something I really hate in movies, where a character has insight they can't possibly have, and it's just the way of a lazy writer telling you the character of this person. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to show that he's a cynic and he's lost his faith in love. So I'll just tell you. And they straight up tell you by someone who's never met that person before. Yes. Even if you had their friend saying like, oh, watch out for him. He's a cynic and he's lost all faith in love. They would at least know she doesn't know anything about him. They've met literally for about five minutes once. I feel like there should have been a little bit more lead up if they were going to make him the romantic lead. Like we should have met him before. Or she should have had to spend a full day with him at the bar. Yeah. And on this ride, which again, now they've talked for about 10 minutes, she says things like, this is so typical of you. How do you know that? You don't know what's typical of him. Sometimes I wondered if it was a joke, but I don't think it is. I don't think so. I think it's just supposed to like play on the fact that she's like bossy and 
thinks she's always right. I think it's just to convince us what Matt Good's character is because he clearly doesn't have one. So she's telling the audience this Mm -hmm. is what his character is because she also says, like, you're just acting like this because you've been hurt. What are you basing that on? Yeah. You saw a photo of him and a woman. Once. That could be anyone. That could be his sister. So then she walks down the road and a van comes up and he says, oh, don't go in that van. And uh, she gives them her suitcase. Mm-hmm. And again, we make a big point of this suitcase because it's a Louis Vuitton. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what kind of a man would get you that? And that's to show that, oh, Adam Scott's actually a bad person. But this is her favorite possession in the world. So clearly she, he knows what she likes. What she likes. Yeah. yeah. So it was a great gift. Yeah. Louis. I do like the way he says Louis, though. It was funny. How's that? I don't think I can do it. He sounded like a leprechaun, though. Or like he was talking to a leprechaun. One of the two. That's a better movie if he's actually a treacherous leprechaun. And that's why he's doing all these things to stop her from her journey. Because he's a trickster. Oh. Like a literal leprechaun. Just lean into that accent that you're doing so poorly. (laughs) I think it gets better if he's a leprechaun. Yeah. Like, like the accent makes sense then? Because nobody... All of his are fine if he's a literal leprechaun. And no one knows what a leprechaun actually sounds like. So it's like, yeah, he, this is leprechaun Irish. I think Warwick Davis as the leprechaun from the leprechaun series is better than Matthew Good in this for Irish accents. Oh, no. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> Did we watch a leprechaun? You came in when I was watching, maybe it was the first one. It was the one with Jennifer Aniston, which I right. think was the first one. Yes. There's more than one. There's Oh, yeah. There's Leprechaun in the Hood. What? What is Leprechaun in the Hood? What would you think it is? Uh, it sounds like a Step Up movie. <laughs> Step well, Up leprechaun. 7, Leprechauns in the Hood. There's a kind of a formula for all of these movies. You're Friday the 13th mm-hmm. and Leprechauns and all of that, that you can't just keep going to the same place over and over again. Right. So eventually Jason has to go to space. Leprechaun has to go to the hood. It's just a thing. Right. Hookface okay. is going to either space if we have a big budget, if not, Red Deer. <laughs> so then what do these uh, evil robbers do? Uh, they go to the nearest pub down the road and giggle about bras. Yeah. These people rob her. They looked like they were going to gang rape her. It was very scary when they pulled up and there's all those guys in the in van. The, in the van, yeah. I was I got scared and kind of forgot what movie we were watching because like this is the premise. There's a woman alone in the countryside On the road, and a yeah. van pulls up and they're like oh hop in and she thinks it's just one person she opens the van door and there's a bunch of guys sitting on the ground there grinning at her that's scary that's creepy that's, that's not scary. what you want to get yourself into but instead they just steal her suitcase go to the pub yeah and they just laugh at it they just open it up and go like look at this and they put bras and underwears on their head yeah and i said underwears <laughs> yeah you did And this is the first time we get to see any romantic chemistry between them because Matt Good comes in and he beats everyone up. And as this movie and romantic comedies tell us, the way a man can prove his worth is by asserting his dominance over things. So he beats people up. And this was a really embarrassing scene for Amy Adams, who I believe is is talented. But in this scene, she stands back and goes, oh, ah, ah, ah. She does. She does that. 
Like not ironically. No, she does. And it's it's uncomfortable. And then at the end of him beating everyone up, she's all breathy and just going, oh, thank you. And is like in love with him. Yeah. That's when they fall in love. Yeah. Maybe it does hate women more than Irish people. It doesn't like either. She's like brute force. My, my favorite. <laughs> <sighs> it's uh, very disappointing. Because Amy Adams is good, right? Yeah. I get her mixed up with a lot of people because she came out at the same time as other actresses who do similar roles. And it, when I, it was when I wasn't living in the English-speaking world, so I didn't discover them until like years after. But she was in Arrival. That was her. Yeah, she um, went on after this movie to do a whole bunch of like more dramatic things. But I think by this point, she'd already been nominated for at least one Oscar. Yeah, so she's better than this already. But maybe it's like a Matthew Good situation where she just wanted to work and like... Oh, I get to walk around the countryside for... This is probably a short shoot. It can't be that long. It's pretty simple. It's mostly walking and... When she was in Enchanted. Yes. I actually liked Enchanted quite a bit. That was two years before this. That's, uh, they're getting a sequel. Really? Disenchanted. Really? I believe that's what it's called. She was in Doubt. Yeah, she she's done quite a few things. Um, and I actually, I really like her dramatically. I liked Arrival. I liked um, quite a few of the things that she's done. But uh, this was not one of her best. It was not. Although she's also Lois Lane, and those movies were pretty junk. She's Lois Lane? Yeah, and like, you know, the new current Superman story. Oh. Although there's been so many, I can't remember. I haven't seen any current Superman. They're very bad. Very bad. My dad was in one of the Supermans that was filmed in Calgary. Oh, like Superman 3 or something? Yeah. I don't know if it was 3. What did he do? Was he just like walking by? Did he speak? No, he was an extra oh, okay. in the crowd. Oh, okay. I think he was wearing short shorts. I assume he was wearing short shorts because I've seen photos of him in the 80s and he was definitely wearing short shorts like the entire decade. <laughs> so now we finally get to a point where they're reunited and they're going to take a train and they go to the train station and the guy says the train comes in two hours. You got that, everyone? Two, two hours. hours. Oh, man, two hours? I have to wait for two hours? Yeah. Let's walk up to this castle. It's 15 minutes away, and you don't have to be here for two hours. Yeah. And then they get up to the castle, and they're like, ah, oh, the train's coming. Also, it started raining, even though the last shot had a blue sky. You never know in Ireland. Yeah, I believe that's true, but... And when you're with a magical leprechaun. that That's the thing. You just never know. So this scene is just there for the sake of her falling in the mud because that's funny. Mm -hmm. Are we meant to believe that she was in the castle for two hours or that? I think we're meant to believe that they it took longer to get up to the castle because that was like a straight uphill climb. Yeah. So it's definitely not 15 minutes. No. Um, and she's in heels. Mm -hmm. So it probably took even longer. She does have her heels in her hand. Oh, does she? Yeah. Okay. Um, so she's barefoot, which would also take longer because yes. it looks very rocky in Ireland. But this woman who has been praised for her scheduling and timekeeping, that's actually a thing we have in this movie. So there's one thing we know about her. She's always on time and she knows schedules. Yeah. They go out of their way to tell us that. Yeah. But she mistook 15 minutes and two hours, even though all she keeps talking about is, I need to make this train. I need to make this train. It's in two hours. When is the train? I need to make it. It's in two hours. When's the train? Two hours. 
What's happening in two hours? She needs to make the train. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> I, so I'm with it. Did now. she just forget? You can't do it when you go out of your way to tell us that. Like, that's the thing about this movie. It doesn't play by its own rules. And I know it's one thing for, like, comedy to come from nowhere. You feel cheated as an audience member when there's things like this. Like, mm-hmm. if it's a murder mystery and in the first scene we go, okay, it's not Samantha because here's her video. Here's video of her at that moment somewhere else. And then at the end we go, ah, actually it was Samantha. <laughs> and we just ignore the video ever happened. Yeah. That's not a twist that's lying yeah and that's what this movie does lies to you it lies to you it's not honest in how it gets its to its plot points or to its jokes if you can call them jokes (laughs) because it's just someone falling down Ah. we also forgot that she blacked out the entire city she was in because she plugged in a charger and she's so klutzy that that somehow takes off power for the entire town yeah of dingle yeah Dingle is a real place. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it just like everything in this movie is so ridiculous that I totally expected Dingle to be fake. Yeah. I don't think this was actually shot in Dingle, but it Dingle's place. Learning. Yeah. I like it. I have a good fascination with Ireland. And I think it only just comes from the few Irish people I met. Loved all of them. We got along very well. If Chris is ever listening to this. Hi. Hi, Chris. He's a good guy. He let me sleep on his couch for a while when I was before I left town. I don't know what I was talking about, but Ireland seems great. Dingle is real. Yeah. (laughs) Dingle is real. And I'm probably not an expert on Irish accents because I only know like three friends and then I listen to the rubber bandits and stuff. (laughs) So I'm just taking it from that. But I am quite confident in saying that Matt Good is doing a very bad accent. Yeah, I assume so. He uh, doesn't seem authentic. What are we even talking about now? I don't if she know. falls down, we don't know why the train was early or if she lost track of time. Never explained, never brought up again, even no. though all she cares about is this stuff. So then she's going to stay at the train station guy's house. Yeah, which is like a normal thing to do. Yeah, sure. Why not? Train conductor takes you home. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is, does run a bed and breakfast. Right. Okay, so that actually does make a little bit of sense. Here's a very simple question. Why is Matthew Good's character here? Because he has a car. No, he doesn't. The car's gone. They left the car. Oh, to make sure she doesn't get murdered. So is she paying him for protection? I guess so. But she often walks away from him and tries to get away from him, and then they just happen to be in the same place. Yeah. Because she's paying him still. She originally was paying him for the ride, but then his car got wrecked and now she's taking a train, but she's still paying him? Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, I have no good answer for that. They never address, like, the simple point of why is he here? It made sense when he was the one taking her somewhere, but he's not doing anything now. He's only there to antagonize her. Mm-hmm. And she's paying him by the day because then that night... He also says, oh, that's an extra 100 euro because I'm because it's overnight now. And she's like, fine. Why? Just leave. Why wouldn't she just say to him, leave? I hate you. You're a terrible person. Go away. But no, instead, they pretend to be married. And then they stay at this charming little bed and breakfast. Where the owners force people to kiss. Yes. And not just kiss, but make out. At the dinner table. Shift. Shift? I know a little bit of Irish slang. That's making out. Oh. 
They're, just, they're straight up shifting. Ew. <laughs> I don't think I like that. I like it better than snog. Oh, yeah, that's better than snog. Snog sounds like something you do in the back of your throat. Yeah, just... <sighs> yeah, like, oh, I snogged a real good one yesterday. Ew, that's grosser than me saying shift. <laughs> so we're going to watch this scene. Can you set up the scene for us, Samantha? Yes. Um, Amy Adams and Matthew Good are sitting at the dinner table pretending to be married at the bed and breakfast. And they're having a discussion about marriage and love. And uh, all of a sudden, the... Uh, out of nowhere, the proprietor and proprietess decide that everyone needs to kiss. And after this Italian couple just straight out starts shifting right at the table. Ew. Well, I've kissed my wife. Stefano has suddenly kissed his wife. <laughs> no, we're fine. We did it earlier. Kiss. Don't do it. Ah, but a shivery man, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, if that was a kiss, I'm surprised you're still wed to him at all. <laughs> no, no, they're shy, that's all. Yes, really shy. You're among friends. You're young, married, in love. Anyone can see that. Damn it, man. Kiss the girl. And then they make out and everyone applauds. As you do when people make out at the dinner table. So this makes no sense on on many, many levels. Yes. But even first, why is Matthew good there? No reason. Why are they pretending to be married? No reason. They don't have to be together. Why is this guy making them kiss? No reason. Just because the writer is like, all right, so we need them to kiss. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was like a coked out guy. All right, so we need him to kiss, right? <laughs> so uh, how about we just make someone tell him to? And then other writers were like, why? And he's like, fuck you, you're fired. And that, that's it. They're just like, we want them to kiss because if you kiss a woman, they will fall in love with you. Oh, instantly. Because that's the two things that uh, women like. It's diamonds and proximity is what this movie's <laughs> talking about. The right diamonds. The right diamonds. And proximity. I remember we were talking about, you know, someone who their partner doesn't let them get into like cars with men yeah and that sounds like the craziest thing to me because if you're like oh, yeah, i am with my guy friend i'd be like all right have fun i know this woman who yeah she her partner was like upset with her one time because their male neighbor saw her walking home from the grocery store and offered her a ride home since they live on the same block and this sense. is someone who's also married, also, like, they're very good friends with his wife as well. And there's, like, no reason that that wouldn't be a, just a nice thing for someone to do. And the reason people think like this, like, well, if they're in the same room, they're going to start fucking. Yeah. This movie is like this. Because that's exactly what happens. These people have nothing in common. They hate each other, but they're in the same room. And so they're in love. That's it. Yep. Because the main thing that makes people fall in love in romantic comedies is proximity. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, it's just sad. Very sad. <laughs> and she instantly forgets her boyfriend because as soon as he kisses her, she's going for it. She's into it. Adam Scott isn't that forgettable. In this movie, he kind of is, but everybody is. But he's Adam Scott. Matthew Good is much more forgettable than Adam Scott is. Yeah, for sure. Because at least Adam Scott's always getting texts with, Images of like, how do I save this heart? 
That's it, memorable. Yeah, exactly. And he gives you diamonds all the time. That's memorable, uh, too. Yeah, like a lot of diamonds. So that's all really uncomfortable. They make out and then they go for a walk. And again, it instantly starts to rain, even though 10 seconds earlier it was blue skies. And then they end up barging in on a wedding. Yeah. And everyone's just cool. I think, like, okay, yeah, stay here. And then the reception's right after, which they're also invited to. The, the big giant storm has cleared up and yeah. it's once again blue skies. It's lovely outside again. And then I guess the comedy that comes is another one of those jokes of like, well, could you make, um, I don't know, a bride get hit in the face with a shoe? That's funny, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, so they go to a wedding. I don't know why they're allowed to stay. I don't know why. And then somebody picks up Amy Adams. They spin her around a bunch. I don't know why. Her shoe falls off. Shoe fucking hits her in the face. Boom. Done. And then the guy's like, oh, you've done it again, Steve. You're a genius. <laughs> so that's what happens. No reason any of that happened. No. But it's funny because someone gets hit in the face with a shoe. <laughs> it's, yeah, this wedding scene is like a nice change from just Amy Adams and and Matthew Good like kind of silently hating each other. Or bickering about nothing. Yeah. Which is very annoying. So it's like fun to see that until her shoe flies off and hits the bride in the head. And then the bride's like, it's okay. Even though she's got like a head wound. Yeah. And the bride gives speeches at the reception. She gives her like vows in the middle of the reception. She says, everyone stop, stop, stop. And then. Oh, it's like a traditional toast. Oh, that same toast? Yeah. Oh, everyone does the same toast? Yeah. It's like a thing. I've heard it before many times. I don't care for it. <laughs> okay. I, you should write your own material, I think. It's just like a it's like an old traditional It's thing. an old Irish tradition, Phil <laughs> D. <laughs> leap year. I hear on leap year, the women can propose to the men. What? Yeah, it's crazy. What? I didn't no. know. On your wedding, you should be writing your own material. Oh it's a, it's a lot of Right? It's a lot of pressure. But if not at your wedding, then when? Um, leap year? Because there's nothing more personal than like when you're giving your own vows and saying your own thoughts. You can't just be like, here are my thoughts, as everyone says identically. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. In a movie about romance, I don't think they get it. I'm going to start writing my vows now because yours are going to be so much better than mine. <laughs> what are you basing that on? Uh, your writing experience. Oh, I write comedic horror movies with bad puns about people getting cut in half and saying i'm half the man i used to be i think you're fine (laughs) (laughs) although that scene was pretty funny (laughs) so they're going on they still hate each other and have no chemistry but every 30 minutes nice music plays and they look at each other so that's what movies tell us is love that's love situation he also says riddle me this at one point (laughs) Like a leprechaun. Like a true evil leprechaun. I think he's just a girlfriend stealing leprechaun. Seems like it. Yeah. That's like, that's his only goal is he just travels the countryside and steals people's girlfriends. So then what happens after this? Oh, I don't even remember. So then they finally make their way to Dublin and they take a bus there. Again, he's getting paid for this, but she's taking the bus. So I don't know Mm -hmm. what he's getting paid for. But they get to Dublin and... They're in love now because love music played once and they were forced to make out by some creepy dudes. What's love music? 
Ask this movie. It's all over the place. Oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> I will go back and listen. I'm going to download the Leap Day or Leap Year soundtrack, and I bet it's going to be awful. So then in Dublin, she sees Adam Scott, and he's very happy to see her and says, oh, it's great that you could come out. And he says, you know what? I've been putting this off for too long. And then he proposes to her. Whoa. Twist. Whoa. I don't know where he got the ring, but... I guess he knew she was coming. Yeah, she called him and told him where she was. So yeah. then he probably went to the store and got the ring. There's stores in Dublin. <laughs> there are. <laughs> Have you been to Dublin? No, I've never been to Ireland. At all? No. Nope. Oh, let's go. Okay. I hear it's very green. That's true. Although all my Irish friends no longer live in Ireland. Oh, that's not a good sign. And then after she proposes, she looks back and Matthew Good is gone. So I assume she says yes, and then they go back to America, and then the next time we pick them up as at, is at their engagement party, I think. Engagement slash housewarming, yeah. Right. Because they have this fancy new apartment, which is on her checklist of things she must have. So we know where this is going. She's going to pick Matthew Good over Adam Scott, but I want to um, say she shouldn't. Yeah, of course. And because uh, at the end, he has to do something bad for her to go to Matthew Good instead, but was it that bad? Because the bad thing he does is he admits that he proposed at that time because it would help them get the apartment. Yes. We've learned that she wants this apartment more than she wanted to be married. Mm-hmm. That kind of shows me that, yes, he's not uh, this super romantic guy, mm-hmm. but neither is she. She's not They're a super both romantic guy. Strict pragmatists. Yeah. And sh- he is at least very thoughtful in his pragmatism and is getting her the things that she values the most. Yes. And yeah, the things she values the most aren't the most romantic. She wants this apartment to look fancy, she wants the fancy luggage. So in all of this though, it seems like the feeling is in her, not in him. Mm-hmm. You can't be mad at him for getting her bad gifts when the gifts are exactly what she wants. What a jerk. <laughs> she is a jerk. Most people in the- Oh, no, I was being sarcastic about Adam Scott being oh, a jerk, yes. getting her all the things she wants. And it's not like she had some sort of awakening with Matthew Good's character, because often in this type of movie, he's the free spirit that teaches her that to really appreciate life, you have to let go and you can't be scheduled everywhere. To relax, Yeah. That doesn't happen. Does that happen anywhere? No. At one point, it rains and then she laughs. So I guess that's her being free now. <laughs> she laughs. That was the only moment I could think of. Like, well, that was her turning point. Maybe when they kissed at the table. I guess, but he didn't like teach her something. It's just he's a good kisser, maybe. You could say that. Oh, he kissed her into love. Again, that's from Snow White to now. That's what women want. Very true. You just have to kiss them against their will, and then they'll fall in love with you. Oh, instantly. Yeah. Okay, you're right. This movie thinks less of women than of Irish people. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> but upon learning this, she pulls the fire alarm, because at one point, Matthew Good said, if there was a fire, what would you what would you take with you? And that was supposed to like, be a character moment. The writer, when they came up with this, is like, this is fucking brilliant. I it's got gonna this be thing. It's deep, guys. It's, it's so fucking deep. Listen to this. If there's a fire, what do you take? If it's an iPad, you're a bad person. If you, uh, it's a cat, you're a good person. There's this <laughs> thing called Save the Cat. It's like a, an old screenwriting book. And it's about this premise. And it's 
to teach the very, very basics of how to make someone look good. And they're taking this essentially a joke now because it's the textbook example. And then I say textbook, I, the literal textbook example. <laughs> and that's the thing they chose to put into this movie about being real clever. Oh, so like if you save the cat, you're like Prince Charming. It's just a shorthand way to make someone be good. If early in the movie they save an animal or something like that, a good person saves the cat. Mm-hmm. So now we know that person's good, even though all of their other actions, like Matt Good in this, he's just an asshole, but like, oh, he saved a cat. He's a good person. Yeah, that's uh, so basic. Yes. But I don't know what was Adam Scott supposed to take to pass this test. I think just her. He was supposed to make sure that she got out safe. They were sitting there talking to each other. There was no fire around, and they were in the same room saying, like, okay, I'm going to grab the laptop and the iPad. Could you do me a favor and get this? If you're talking in that tone, I don't think he's actually fearful for his life. Yeah, true. It was very manufactured. So that's the test he failed, and that's why they shouldn't get married? Yeah. What was Declan's choice of what he would take? His mother's clatter ring. Oh, right, and they make a big deal about that. Because there's one thing we know about Irish people, it's that ring. So now we have to put it into the movie. Did all your friends in high school go through like a clattering phase? Only the ones who were watching Buffy. Yeah. It's the equivalent of coming back from Mexican vacation with braids. And a tan. But he couldn't take that because he gave that away to someone already. Yeah. So he couldn't actually save it. That's why he couldn't tell her that. Because remember, he's like, oh, I, I, I can't tell you. What I take from the house. And then she asks him again later. It's dumb. It's very dumb. I think, what was I at? A three? Four. I was at a four? Okay, I'm, I'm oozing down to a three. So I'll see. I'll get you there. <laughs> Slowly sliding down the scale. So then, of course, she is going to fly to Ireland and because she loves Declan because they were forced to kiss once. So romantic. Meanwhile, in Dingle... Declan needs money to so his uh, hotel, bar, restaurant, taxi hub. Yeah, all of that, which he's the only person working at. It needs the money, so he's doing a fundraiser at the last minute, and everybody comes, and then they're like, "Oh, you don't have enough money," and then everyone goes, "Here's the money." That was easy. The end. And then from then on, the bar is packed all the time. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but now everyone loves it. It must have been there for a really long time. It's a small town. It's not like people didn't know it, but now everyone comes there all the time and it's really packed, but he's still like an asshole to his customers. Yeah. He's terrible because he hears from one of the servers, oh, someone doesn't like the chicken. It's dry. So he marches out there and goes, which one of you motherfuckers doesn't like my chicken? (laughs) And then she goes, it was me because she was there. And she knows the best way to make a man love you is to uh, insult him. Yeah. At least in this movie. Oh, That's for sure, what yeah. their love is based on. Constantly. And then she comes out and gives this big speech with everyone watching them and says, like, I don't want to make plans anymore because she was so scheduled. Get it, guys? Yeah. The one thing she kept saying, no, she doesn't want to do that anymore because she's better and changed. Because she showed up spontaneously and demanded that he love her. Yeah. And his response to this is to walk away. So then she goes, oh, I guess that's Irish for no. And leaves. 
at this point, I came up with what I thought would have been the best ending and best way to make this movie better because she walked out and I said, oh, shit, I hope she jumps off a cliff. And that's why this movie is called <laughs> Leap Year. You were so excited about that. Because I said that. And then the next shot was her running to a cliff. And for for the briefest moment, I truly believed she was going to jump off and that I would love this movie. <laughs> because if she jumped off a cliff at that point and then... It just faded to black, and then the white letters "leap year" came up. I would have stood and applauded. I know you would have. You were very excited when you thought she was going to jump off the cliff. But instead, she just goes there, and he found her somehow. I don't know how he knew she was going to go to that cliff, but he did. I think that's just like the front yard of his bar or hotel. His bar is on a cliff. Yeah, but we don't have a single shot of the bar on the cliff. No. Because she didn't walk for, like, 20 minutes. I assumed it was, like, 10 minutes later. I think it was, like, one minute later. I guess we have no real way of knowing. Because I didn't think it was in real time because they cut. Yeah. And it was her running out and then she's going to this cliff. So I, I didn't think it was in the parking lot, but it may very well be. I think be. it's one of those classic Irish parking lot cliffs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, that That is one stereotype about the Irish that is true. They have cliffs in their parking lots. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lovely Irish tradition. But then he finds her, regardless of how, and says, oh, yeah, I love you, too. Why did he walk away? Because he went to go get the ring. Okay, so you're in love with someone. They yeah. fly across the world, proclaim their love in front of everyone. Would you laugh, turn, and leave? No. That's the action of a crazy person. You'd be like, okay, I'll be right back. Or kiss her. Yeah. Or say... Let's talk privately. That also. That's a good thing to say. Or just say, I feel the same way. Let's go over here and not in front of everyone. Anything. But the only reason he would go and walk away is because they want it to be a surprise and a twist that he comes there. Mm -hmm. It's lazy writing because it doesn't come from anything. It's not a twist when you just lie to us. Yeah, it's a moment. Like It doesn't have that big romantic like wind up to like the big romantic moment no they needed to get them out on the cliff so that's why they did this i don't know why he couldn't have been at the cliff already and like being contemplative and Mm -hmm. uh, forlorn that she's gone and then she finds him there yeah like it's just a fake out for no reason Except for stupid to people to be like, oh, I get it. It was a twist. It's not a twist. It's lying. It's not the same thing. (laughs) Indy needs a real twist. But you just can't tell someone this is not the case. No, wait, it is. That's not clever. What if Adam Scott showed up in that moment and then threw himself off the cliff because he couldn't have Amy Adams? Sure, I'm on board for that. (laughs) As long as someone goes over that cliff, I would have liked this movie. You'd be happy? Yeah. Yeah. So then he says, but I do want to make plans with you and proposes. Now, I'm no expert. I shouldn't be giving women advice. But my little tip would be uh, don't marry a guy you don't know, have spent about a day with, and has only been mean to you that entire time. But that's the perfect man. Maybe marry the guy who is making all the choices that were in line with your life and is doing everything that you had asked him to do. 
But like he wanted me. an iPad instead of a nice thing. Instead of the ring, which he then gives her. Yeah. And then she says, in all my life, I never thought I'd see you down on one knee. All your life? What does that mean? You met him two days ago. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. I wonder if there was like a deleted scene where they talk about, oh yeah, remember how we dated for 13 years as children? Or your knees don't bend. Oh yeah, see that would be. <laughs> what good. if he had like, I can't think of a disease where your legs, your joints lock up. SLS. What's SLS? Straight leg syndrome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight legs all the time. What if he was just like like a robot and his legs didn't bend? Better movie. And then he did physiotherapy and bent down on one knee just to propose to her. I would like that more. It's a better movie. See, now you're doing the indie game. Of like, you know what would have been better? <laughs> I like the indie game. It's better than this movie. And then at the end, they're in a car. They're presumably living in Dingle now. And he goes, where do you want to go? And then she takes the map away and says, throw the map away. We don't need that. Just in try. case you didn't get it. That, like, right. Remember, she was so planned. She was so controlled because she told us many times. And now she doesn't even need a map. Nope. We're too in love for maps. Yeah. If you're going to play that way, make her very in control and make him this free spirit. And then she learns to live in the moment and appreciate things and not plan ahead. And maybe he learns that like, oh, I have to take this business seriously. I inherited from my parents. I never really wanted this life. And uh, maybe he had something, some issues with them. But she brings that practicality to him. They both learn something, but yeah. they both grow together. She has spent her whole life making other people's places look good. Now she'll have a place of her own, a bed and breakfast bar, restaurant, taxi service that she can design and is her own. And they'll live like, happily ever after. This is still a formulaic movie, but why not make these simple connections? Mm -hmm. This is such a lazy movie. I really thought I would be more like fun and funny throughout this but i did just complain it's tiring to be that fun and funny with a movie that doesn't even try no and that's like the least forgivable thing like something like cats cats is a nightmare train wreck but they went for something they, did. they tried something and they failed so fucking spectac spectacularly but they tried and I appreciate that more than something like this. Because it's just, why? Why make this movie? Money. That's the only reason. There's <laughs> zero other redeeming qualities of this movie. There's talented people being dragged down by it. I think this movie needs to apologize. The filmmakers of this movie need to apologize. To they you? need to apologize to... Caitlin Olsen, Adam Scott, and John Lithgow for wasting their time, comedic talents. <laughs> they need to apologize to Matthew Good and Amy Adams for taking these rising star careers and just like throwing them into the mud. They need to apologize to all the many screenwriters because there's so many screenwriters out there who are working all night long writing stories they care about and that they think people need to hear and they don't get a shot because garbage like this is being made. <laughs> they need to apologize to 
women to for suggesting that they have no defining character trait traits outside of falling down. That's it. And that they'll fall in love with any man who asserts dominance over them. They need to apologize to the country of Ireland and all the people for just relying on stereotypes. And I think making new ones along the way. Creating stereotypes. They need to apologize to romantic comedies for calling this that because it is neither romantic nor comedic. (laughs) Uh, They need to apologize to all the audiences who paid money to see this movie and all it is is a bunch of scenes taken out of other movies but with the characters removed and any sort of charm taken out of it as well mm-hmm. and yeah they you and them need to apologize to me for making me watch this movie i'm sorry for making you watch that movie don't all be right. mad at me no but if we fight all the time that's how we know we're truly in love no i like not fighting with you <laughs> <laughs> i prefer it <laughs> And now I'm done. So, uh, Samantha, what do you think of this movie? Two out of ten. Woo, I did it! <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, don't have anything good to say. And I, I just feel like I need to forget we ever watched this movie. It's very bad. Yeah. I, I did see that Time magazine called this the worst movie of the year that year. <gasps> oh, so we're not alone. Not great. Um, yeah. So next week, let's watch a better movie. Deal. That's my guarantee. As long, yeah, I think if we watched Bride Wars again, it would be a worse movie. I was thinking about that a lot. Is Bride Wars worse than this? And I'm not sure. Bride Wars is more aggressively bad. Yeah. But this is so lazy that... It's probably a better movie, but it upsets me more. Like, I'm more upset with laziness than trying to write something funny and just missing the mark. They're both insulting to their audience, but in different ways. Yeah. Bride Wars is all like, women are crazy. That's what they do. That's female life. Women are crazy. Women be crazy. But be crazy. But Leap Year is like, women don't have thoughts of their own. So, like, which one's worse? I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know. Okay, well, that was a uh, very illuminating uh, time to, on uh, on Ireland and why it's a nice place and not full of crazy people and really stupid stereotypes. There's only old men in Ireland, from what I've learned. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, and there's like one young couple, other than Declan and. And oh, the one's getting married. Yeah. That's true. That's it. The end. Then the day after their wedding, though, they turn into 55-year-old oh, like people. people. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I get how Ireland works now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really hope that I never have to watch this movie again. <laughs> it was just sad. Yeah. Um, and not in a good way. No. No. It was sad in a I feel bad for humanity kind of way. That is like the most indie thing you've said in a while. <laughs> This romantic comedy was so upsetting that you lost your faith in humanity. Yeah. That's how I feel, like, all the time when I watch TV and movies. <laughs> or read a newspaper. Or go outside. Oh. Or talk to people. Love. <laughs> all right. Well, join us again next week. This was a bit of a strange episode for us. So if this is your first episode, they usually don't go like this. They're usually more 
analytical for our big episodes and I think less complainy in general. More upbeat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but next week, we'll each have a spoiler-free review of something for our thing of the week. And I'll give you a little preview about my pick that we'll be watching for the week after that. I'm not sure where we're going yet. I know I promised to do Chunking Express, but we are going to be on the move and not living at home for a while. And I don't think I'll be able to get my hands on that sweet, sweet Wong Kar Wai Criterion Collection Blu-ray that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So we might have to wait another couple of weeks after that, but it'll be something good promise something we can wink oh okay that means it might not be good (laughs) (laughs) okay we'll see you next week bye everyone bye how do they say bye in ireland bye (laughs) fiddle dee dee we'll see you next week Fiddle dee dee, indeed. He said fiddle dee dee. Like, like more than once. Yeah.